the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to the family of Jacob, God is certainly a God of many blessings. He provides him with a, a whole passel of children, if you will, even if it is through Leah and Rachel's concubine. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. We're continuing our journey through Genesis. We'll begin in chapter 29 today in verse 31 as we begin looking at some of the children that Jacob sires, he fathers, and the significance of each and every one of them. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's broadcast of study verse by verse. You know, my dad used to preach a sermon, and he would be asked to preach it often because it was one of the favorites. He said the sermon was entitled, You May Get What You Want, But You May Not Want What You Get. You may, you, you may not get what you want. Now, Leah wanted to be married to Jacob, and so she got what she wanted, but they were missing the happily, as in happily married. Uh, and so uh, it wasn't exactly the best of circumstances. Um, having been tricked into marrying Leah, Jacob never really loved her, uh, nor her children. And she was desperate for his affection as the names of her children reflect. Her desire was that my husband will love me now, but all of her efforts uh, achieved nothing. And Jacob obviously performed his duties as a husband because there were children that gave evidence to that, but he was never happily married to Leah. Not only was his heart for Rachel, but the fact that Leah had trapped him into a marriage he did not want, no doubt, caused continual irritation and friction. Every time he looked at her, he was reminded of the part that she had played in making him look like a fool. So Leah's participation in humiliating Jacob at the wedding did not contribute to the start of a happy marriage. Chapter 29, verse 31. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, some of your translations may use the word hated, and hated actually is the original language uh, word, but it means uh, not loved or loved less. He opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. Surely my husband will love me now indicates he previously had not. Now the word hated there should not be interpreted to imply an active abuse on his part. It's just that he loved Rachel more than he loved Leah. Now Leah here gives credit to God for the birth. So there's no doubt in her mind that it's God's doing. Uh, the passage as we continue on uh, indicates that Leah was the more spiritually mature of the two wives. She was not raised in a home that knew true God like her, Jacob. So she probably didn't learn it from her parents, but learned uh, from Jacob. And so when she became pregnant, she used the covenant name of God in connection with the births of her first four sons. Later, she was given two more sons and a daughter, and uh, she used the more general name for God. 
So Rachel, uh, Jacob's intended wife, was barren. And the implication here that this is of the Lord's doing. And by means of such a comment, the narrative shows us that Jacob's schemes have come to naught. He had, thus far, he's had fortune with his schemes, but now they're beginning to crumble. And the, the information is given to us to, to inform us that scheming does not carry out the plans of God. And that Jacob is going to have to learn to, to depend upon God to bring about divine blessing. Even though Jacob had chosen Rachel, God had chosen Leah. Now, one of the purposes of these verses is to explain the names of Jacob's son. Uh, some of the names sound like the words that they are related to. Others are based on puns, like the name Joseph. We'll talk about that in a few moments. And some of the names mean precisely what they are intended to mean. And note that Jacob takes no part in naming the children. Now, the culture of the ancient Middle East placed a great value on women who could bear a child, especially a son. So Leah names her firstborn son Reuben, which means, see, a son. Now, since every Jewish father wanted sons, she was certain this baby would cause her husband to love her. But she was wrong, as evidenced by the description of the next son, which obviously took place many months in the future. She conceived again, and when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, notice, still, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. The name Simeon means one who hears, and that suggests she's been praying, and she knows by this that God has heard her prayers. And so she, but she kept making the mistake that, of thinking that a baby was going to bring her and her husband together. And there have been many women over the centuries that have thought, if I could just get pregnant, my husband will love me. He'll have to. And that logic did not work thousands of years ago, and it still doesn't work today. Verse 34, again, she conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last, my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So he was named Levi. Levi, by the way, means attached. Now, you notice here that she's quite sobered at this point. She doesn't ask for love, just attachment. If my husband would just care about me, her hope is now faded and she's expecting less. Now, it's interesting that later God chooses the tribe of Levi to become priests and the caretakers of the tabernacle. And then the name Levi implied attached to the Lord, attached to attached to the Lord. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, this time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah. And then she stopped having children in parenthesis for a while. Notice this time there's not even a mention of her husband. She's kind of given up on that by son number four. She realized that no matter how many sons that she had, Jacob would still not feel towards her the way she desired. And so she names him Judah, which comes from the Hebrew word meaning praise. So instead of complaining about her husband being unresponsive, she now just praises the Lord for his blessing upon her. He has blessed her with four sons, and she's thankful for that. So God changed Leah. He gave her the grace to live in a less than perfect situation and multiplied her joy in childbirth. 
Now, again, she stopped having children, but it was only for a little while because we find that later two more sons and a daughter are born to her. We're now in chapter 30. When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel. Am I God? He asked, he's the one who has kept you from having children. And so we find here we've got two desperate women. One's desperate for love. The other one's desperate for children. And you can imagine that Rachel's barrenness became increasingly intolerable. At each time, Leah had a new baby boy. Uh, she was no doubt humiliated, but seeing those little babies run around obviously inflamed her maternal desires. And she, uh, she was gripped with envy and bitterness. And in that, she forgot that it's God who brings about life. And so she demands that her husband give her a child as though it was his fault. And she says, if I, if I don't have a child, I'm going to die. And ironically, it's going to be a childbirth that will kill her later. Now, the fact that Jacob could become furious with his favorite wife doesn't come as a surprise to us. Even the most loving couples have their occasional disagreements. And after all, she was blaming him for something over which he had no control. Jacob reminded Rachel that it is God who gives children. But Rachel decided to bypass God and take matters into her own hands through the surrogate use of her maid, Bilhah. Now, no doubt she already heard about the Sarah Hagar fiasco and other such things, but she... She was interested in getting some babies here and by whatever means possible. And thus begins what some have called the birth wars, the birth wars. She thought maybe she could catch up with her sister through Bilhah. Now, this was a practice that was an accepted practice in the ancient Middle East uh, to protect an infertile wife because such a woman could be divorced if she failed to conceive. It was also the custom of the day that Jacob and Rachel's uh, would, would, would be considered the parents of the offspring of Bilhah. And all of these conflicts and tensions that existed later between Joseph and his brothers are anticipated in this narrative of their births. Then Rachel told him, take my maid Bilhah and sleep with her. She will bear children for me. And through her, I can have a family too. So Rachel gave her servant Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Now here, Bilhah is called a wife. Later in Genesis 35, she's called a concubine. And that brings up the question, why can the same person have two descriptions? And the answer is that the terms wife and concubine were used loosely during the patriarch period. Uh, there are three women in the Bible that are called both wife and concubine. They are Hagar, Keturah, and Bilhah. But after the patriarchal period, the word wife is never used as a synonym for concubine. And by the way, Zilpah would have been in the same category as Bilhah. So the practice of marrying concubines, which was a form of polygamy, was known throughout the Middle East. Uh, concubine is not considered a full wife, but she cannot be sold if the man loses interest in her. These rights vary from culture to culture. 
one of the justifications for having a concubine was to ensure children, and particularly a male child, because in the culture of the importance of having an heir. Verse 5, Billah became pregnant and presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan, for she said, God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son. So it's Bilhah who has the son, but it's Rachel who gives the name. And the name comes from the Hebrew word meaning vindication or judgment. And what she's saying is, I've not been judged guilty, but rather I have been judged in favor. Well, we are out of time today. We'll have to close out here and pick up right where we left off on Monday's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Here in chapter 29 of Genesis, taking a look at the children that come from Jacob and Leah and Rachel and her concubine. Questions about today's program, as always, we would direct you to our website, highlands.us. It's a great place to start if you'd like to learn about us a little bit more. And then also, you're invited to join us for worship here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Our service times, location, and directions can all be found again on our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday for another broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.